Life is hectic, demanding, and doesn't stop. When honest with ourselves, we must confess we often don't know what the hell we're doing. The LARCast is an ongoing conversation about the inclusive and mischievous nature of God's presence through the lens of all the things that make up this phenomenon we refer to as life. Astonishing grace and refreshing honesty collide right here for your weekly encouragement. Cheers, Russ, man. Good to see you. Cheers Welcome to you, my friend. To one of these, uh, one of these thirty-minute, these quick hitters, these quick hitters. Uh, Russ and I, are, we're we're reformed sinners, dude. We're changing our ways. Uh, yeah. Previously, we were, you know, hour-long, hour-plus podcasters, and um, you know, you guys were preaching repentance to us, and we're. We're, we're doing the 30 minutes, dude. We're, we're, we're changed our ways. We've turned, we're turned over a new leaf. You did, man. It's like reform is possible. That's right. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) No, but really, really quick before we dive in, as you know, Bible time with Russell Tony is back. We've been going through the gospel of John today. We're covering a big chunk of verses, but huge shout out to all of our listeners and supporters um, yeah. If you've been tracking with Lark at any length of time and you have found um, just encouragement and good news and above all freedom, we want to encourage you um, to make sure and to help ensure that content like this keeps on rolling. So become a Lark supporter, head on over to LarkSite.com slash donate. And uh, man, every little bit counts. So we're, uh, yeah. we're counting on you. You are our sponsors. Um, I did, I did send some emails, uh, last week, Tushy, the bidet people, they're not, they're not sponsoring us. They rejected us. What's um, up with that, man? Yeah. Um, of course I'm joking. I did not email corporate over at Tushy, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. So here we are, we're back. So what do you want to do? You want to just dive right in? Dude, let's do it, man. We got, a. We got a short window and a bunch of verses, but they okay, all cool. go together. So yeah, yeah, this, it fits. So, so I'm up, covering, I'm covering uh, 19 to 34, and let's take it in some, uh, let's take it in some chunks here. Mm-hmm. Um, so last week was truth and grace, right? Jesus came with truth and grace. The law came from Moses, the only God who's at the Father's side. He's come to make Him known. Mm-hmm. Truth meaning specifically the truth about what God is like, how to be known by me to be included or how God has included us in his son, truth and specific relationship to what he's like. He's brought that. And then we have all received from his fullness, grace upon grace, upon grace, upon grace, doesn't quit, doesn't stop. It keeps on coming. So John, as you know, his big thing is he wants you to be convinced of this. He wants you to know without a doubt that Jesus is the son of God. He wants you to have confidence to place your trust in Mm -hmm. Jesus as the only way. And so he's brought up a couple of things at this point, and he's going to shift now into some more specific conversation about John the Baptist, which we've gotten into a little bit in the past. Remember, if you said, I said, John the Baptist was kind of like a crust punk living in the woods Um, He's kind of like the opening band for like the main headliner. And he's going to get into that today. We're going to see specifically what he's talking about. But John, the writer, John, the apostle, 
says in 19, and this is the testimony of John, John the baptizer, when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? Yo, bro, who are you? And he confessed. He did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. Russ, when was the last time when someone asked you who you are and you followed up with, yo, man, I'm not the Christ. Just, I'm just going to let you know I'm not the Christ. I mean, just speaking from a place of humility, I have to do it on a pretty regular basis. <laughs> <laughs> so you can definitely see something's kind of going on in the background here. Word is starting sure. to spread about John. And they ask him, well, what then? Are you Elijah? And he said, I'm not. Are you a prophet? He said, no. So they said to him, who are you? We need to give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? Verse 23, he said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. So I don't want to belabor this, but there are some details here. To understand this section, you have to understand that John the Baptist was drawing large crowds in his day. Um, he was preaching to, and he was baptizing Jews. Now these are like religious Jews. Okay. And he's ministering to these guys. Like they're pagans, bro. Like they don't know nothing about God and they are flocking to him. So whenever someone starts gathering a crowd and people start, you know, word starts to spread, you know, word starts getting around. And the one thing we're going to find out right away, and this plays out throughout the entire letter of John is whenever there's some God stuff going on, the guys who think they're in charge of the God stuff start coming around and asking questions. Hey, uh, I noticed there's some God stuff going on around here, <laughs> seeing that I'm uh, in charge of the God stuff. What uh, what are y'all up to? What are y'all up to right here? The religious hall monitors start coming out, right? Yeah, Already here in the first chapter of of John's gospel. And that's really kind of what's going on here. These religious authorities are like, hey, who are you? What are you doing? And I think there might be some genuine interest here because like the entire community of Israel, they're all waiting for the coming Messiah. They're waiting for the one who was promised in the Old Testament scriptures to come. And I think everyone was anticipating um, his coming. So I think there's some genuine interest here, but there's definitely like a, hey man, like we're in control of all this. Like in whose name are you, are you doing this? So word of John is getting to the religious authorities and some have suspected that he was the one that they were anticipating. And he tells them right off the bat, Hey man, I'm not the Christ. Okay. Mm. I'm not the Christ. Then he tells them the strange, he, then he denies that he's Elijah, which is kind of strange because Elijah has been dead and gone for quite a while at this point. Um, right. But I guess there was this, um, there was this expectation that right around the time when the promised Messiah would come, Elijah was going to come back and he was going to announce the coming of Christ. So actually, dude, here, this is crazy. I found out that those who still practice like Seder, the Passover meal. So mm -hmm. if you're like, if you're Jewish or you've converted to Judaism, you still think the Messiah is like yet to come. So in the Seder and in the Passover, um, they actually put out a glass of wine for Elijah in anticipation that he might show up and announce the coming yeah. Messiah. So I thought that was like pretty, pretty crazy. It's like, Hey, are you Elijah? It's like, uh, this guy's dead. Like, what, what are you like? What are you talking <laughs> about? That's kind of what he's referring to. And also to Moses pro prophesied that there would be like a prophet. So there was like this idea of like, maybe that there would be the, or the prophet, um, that was coming to announce. So John's like, listen, man, like I am, I'm, I'm none of these dudes. Right. Um, 
And so he's going to get into like what his purpose is like, Hey, I've come to kind of pave the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think just really, really quick as I was thinking about this later on, Jesus is going to say that John was that dude. He was the Elijah. He was that prophet who is going to pave the way. But John, I think has just such a sober view of himself. He's like, yeah, man, I'm not that guy. And I thought that that was just such a beautiful picture for like fruit and sanctification in the Christian life. Like even when we're being those people, like we're bearing fruit, I think our eyes are so focused on just like people and like our hearts are filled with love, which comes from him and our eyes or our hearts are filled with just like love for God. We don't, we're not like, we're not like, yeah, dude, like right now, like I'm totally crushing this, you know, like I'm totally bearing fruit right now. I just thought that was a pretty cool. It's not the main point of this passage, obviously, but I was just thinking about John. Like he was just like, dude, no, I'm not. But then later on, Jesus was like, yeah, actually, bro, you were that dude. Yeah. You, you, you were. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you were always like, look, I'm just, I'm just up here, man, practicing some humility. Okay. I am not this. I am not yeah. that. Yeah. I am not the one who's going to achieve, right? But then we bring in, you know what I mean? All the things in the world that we're going to achieve. Yeah. So um, he actually gets uh, around to saying like who he actually is. And he says, hey, listen, here's who I am. I'm the voice of the one crying out in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. And I think this is just such a beautiful, um, this is such a beautiful phrase because to understand the spiritual climate of uh, John the Baptist day, like right before Jesus came, the religious leaders at the time, the ones who are asking these questions, they made the way to God very complicated and confusing to them. It was all about, and we've brought this up in the podcast before creed cult conduct. You have to believe yeah. a certain way. You have to participate at temple in religious ceremony, dietary restrictions, You have to do all these things and you have to conduct yourself according to the law, even so that they made like you had the law and then they would make all these laws around the law so that you wouldn't bring offense to the law. And it's like they had made like they had made it. It it wasn't a straight line to the Lord. It was a maze. They had made Mm -hmm. it insanely complicated. And so John says here, I'm here to make straight the way of the Lord. You guys have made relationship with God. You guys have made life with God a winding and confusing road, but the kingdom of God is about to get real narrow. It's about to get as narrow as a singular person. And I'm announcing to you that he's coming. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with you on that one, man. And I've done that. I've been there. I've, I've made things complicated and I feel like there's some freedom that I found in that. And I see other friends that still make things complicated. And my prayer is that they find freedom in that. Mm. It's not like I have arrived or anything. I would say maybe a, a different way of putting it is I think the religious nature is for real and all of humans. I think our yeah. addiction to it is legitimate because we have all bought the lie that we're not enough. And so we mm. all pursue control at all costs. So what that ultimately means is that there's no comfort in complexity. I've said this before. There's no comfort in complexity because there's no significance and simplicity. All right. Something that is very simple and beautiful and straight 
right? This way of salvation. It's a one-way road, dude, that literally runs straight into the person and work of Jesus. Hmm. Someone who has declared it is finished. You are loved. You are whole. You are home. You are free because you are one with me. Mm-hmm. And this is all by my doing. Yep. You are free to recline in this. You are free to rest in this. You are free to go live as someone who really is loved. Yep. But there's this thing in us. It's like, yeah, I hear all that. But again, there's no sense of status or significance, man, if we can't make this complicated. Right. So we don't want the simple. We right. want the complicated. We want to be yep. the hero in the story. Yeah. And it's like, well, even, you know, we, we layer, we make verses like, well, here's a perfect one in Matthew 7, 13 to 14. Um, Jesus says, wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, but narrow is the road that leads to life. And so we make that out to be almost like, you know, making it to heaven and being like spiritually mature is like this Iron Man competition. And only a few have what it takes to actually like, you know, get mm-hmm. there. And it's all about us and what we do and being faithful and being holy and all that. And it's like, no, no, dude. It's like, what he's saying is God is going to accomplish everything he has set out to do in this world through one person, his son, yep. who is the word, who is face to face with the father, who was not the father, what was distinct from the father in eternity past. He's become flesh. He's brought grace upon grace upon grace. And John is like, I'm writing these things so that you can be convinced that this is the son of God and that you might believe. Why is it about believing? Because all the work is done because Mm. he did it all. And all that's left to do in light of news, which is what the gospel is. It's good news. All that's left to do in light of news is to react to it, to live your life in light of it. It's done. It's not advice. Advice is like, go here, do this, never do this again. Stop doing this a little bit more here, raise the level up more intensity. Right. And you're, you're left with like, okay, this is in my hands. And now it's up to me. No, dude. When Jesus says like, it's finished, like literally it's finished. The only thing left to do is trust is rest and to know. And so Mm -hmm. he's saying, I'm come to make way the way of the Lord straight, dude a straight freaking path and a narrow path that leads through one person. And his name is Jesus. And I'm here to tell you, I'm not that dude, but he's coming. So in verse 24, it says "Now they had been sent from the Pharisees to ask them, then why are you baptizing? Well, it's like, yo man, like if you're not any of these guys, then why are you baptizing? If you're neither the Christ nor Elijah nor the prophet. And John said to him, I baptize with water, but among you stands one you do not know. Even he who comes after me, the strap of whose sandals I'm not worthy to untie. These things took place in Bethany across the Jordan while John was baptized. So he gives a little geographical location there. But they're like, okay, so if you're nobody special, then why are you baptized? Like, why are you doing these things? And John gives this freaking awesome answer. He's like, yeah, he goes, you guys need to stop focusing on me because there's someone coming after me. He's actually already here. He's standing among us. And I can't help but think like if maybe Jesus is even in the crowd. And he goes, you just don't know him yet, but you're about to. And if you think I'm somebody special, drawing crowds and doing all this kind of stuff, dude, I'm not even worthy to shine this dude's shoes. And John is like, he's like, he's talking smack to these guys. Like in the other gospels, like he's calling these religious leaders, like 
he's calling him a brood of vipers. <laughs> he's telling them the yeah. repent of their like rigid religion. That's like burdening people and, and come get baptized too. And so it's just, yeah, it's crazy, man. John, John's like, Hey man, someone's, someone's coming and I'm not him. I ain't him. Never yep. been him. Never going to be him. This is the one I've been trying to talk about. This is the one that I've been pointing to. Yeah. And I love where he goes with it. I love where he goes with it. I'll let you keep going, man. I don't want to interfere. This yeah, because in verse 29, so John's been mostly focused on like the word. Um, and then John the Baptist's testimony is he goes, the next day he saw Jesus coming toward him and said, behold, look, the Lamb of God. Just Jesus, this word is the Lamb of God. And what does he do? He takes away the sins of the world. This is he of whom I said, this is the one. This is the one I've been telling you guys about. It's John's big introduction. Um, he points at Jesus and just pegs him as that guy. And this is the one of whom I said, after me comes a man who ranks before me because he was before me, going back to what you covered last week. He was before me, even though John was older than Jesus. He's speaking to his eternality. He's, he has yeah. no beginning. Um, he's eternal. And I myself did not know him, but for this purpose, I came baptizing with water that he might be revealed to Israel. And it's like, look, dude, here he is. And he gives John, he gives Jesus both a title and a mission statement. He is the lamb of God, the lamb of God, meaning any and all lambs that were used or mentioned previously in history, in Israel's history, up to this point, we're all pointing to this lamb right here. Any, yeah. Anything you have done or seen or, or thought of a lamb existing for whatever purpose, and we know in Israel's history, it's all about atonement. It's all about connection with God. It's all about relating to God. It's all about being in relationship with him. It's all about knowing him and having the peace of God, the relationship of God, the rest of God, the salvation of God, and the whole sacrificial system and all that was a means of that. And John is saying, listen, everything you thought of as a lamb prior to this, this is the actual lamb. He's come to fulfill all of that. The one. The one. Yeah, the perfect lamb, man. It's, so uh, what does this lamb come to do? He's come take to take away. away the sins of the world, man. Yeah. All yeah, of them. It's, it's, it's wild when you think, like, I know, you know, the you can go on other passages, man, but one that comes to mind immediately is Romans 8.1. There's, you know, there's no condemnation, man, for those who are in Christ Jesus. Yeah. And as we've seen, it's really impossible to be outside of him since he's the maker, sustainer, creator, <laughs> reconciler yeah. of all things. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, man, it just totally makes sense that God would become flesh and go on and do what none of us could do and become that perfect sacrifice that we need. He would be the lamb right. of God who right. has taken away, not will, not might, not eh, maybe if you get it right, but no, this is the one who has taken away the sins of the world, man. Yep. And it's, it's a beautiful and worthy reminder, you know, to, to think of him in regards of, of that very thing. Yeah, you absolutely. guys think you're looking for a Messiah who's coming to make the world straight up and fly right. Yeah. You're looking for a Messiah who comes along and says, here's the additional laws that you need to, that you need to enact. Here's right. how the religious system should operate. And by the way, here's how the government works in conjunction with that to bring yeah. about this ideal society that we're supposed to have. And instead he goes, no, 
Here's the Lamb of God who takes away all the things that have been done in the mm -hmm. spirit of self-reliance. All the harm you've caused, all the harm you've endured. Yep. Yep. And I've that's even it. heard people say, like with John's thing, like I've come to make straight the way of the Lord. Like that's kind of that idea of like straightening up, like, you know, um, chest out, head up, you know, like almost like mm. you're saluting, you know, just like, you know, straightening, you know, straighten up yep. kind of a thing. Um, and again, man, like I think it just goes to show like what you've been saying, what we've been saying, we can't help but layer on top of these words, our idea our mixture of law and performance over the very words of scripture. And we need to see them through a different lens because what's happening here is John, the apostle, the writer through his own testimony, because in verse 14, he says, and we've beheld his glory. What he means when he says we beheld his glory in verse 14, when it says the word became flesh and we beheld his glory, he's referencing the mountaintop experience that Peter, James, and John had. He's saying, hey, I, this is an eyewitness account. I saw his glory. Mm -hmm. Like I saw him in his fullness, not the hiddenness of his glory in his flesh, but I heard God speak. I heard prophets show up. I saw prophets show up. I saw hey. the glory of Jesus. And now he's going to John's testimony in verse 32. And he's saying, and John bore witness. John the baptizer even bore witness saying this. I saw the spirit descend from heaven like a dove and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, listen, if you want to know who's who, the one and to look out for him, he on him, you see the spirit descend and remain. This is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and have bore witness that this is the son of God. John, the writer is bringing in two eyewitness testimonies from his mountaintop experience and also the baptism of Jesus when he saw the spirit like a dove descend on Jesus, which you pointed out last week, rightly, that this is about him being embracing his humanity and living a life of dependence. And they are both saying, yo, dude, I'm letting you know, this is the one man. And you can have mm -hmm. full assurance and full confidence to trust in him. So remember, yeah. what is John's purpose? I write these things, John 20, 31, so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. That's his purpose. That, that's what he's trying to do. And so I never connected um, the baptism of Jesus. And I got to give shout out to um, the 1517 cats for this. But um, when it says that, behold, the lamb of God, which takes away the sins of the world, and then John's quick reference to the baptism of Jesus, where not only did he see the spirit descend on him, but also like what is going on in the baptism of Jesus? Just really quick to wrap up here. Me growing up in a Baptist uh, tradition, it was like, well, Jesus went into the waters of baptism so that he can give us like an example so that we too can find the, the courage to kind of like come out and say, you know, like, right. yeah, I, I identify as a Christian, you know, and like, look, Jesus went in first so that you could be encouraged to have, you know, the you Jesus know, got in the pool, man. I can't. Yeah, you. You, yeah right. Exactly. <laughs> and it was funny. They pointed out. It's like. Jesus is so about his mission. To be identified and to take on the sins of the world. 
that the very first public act of ministry was to identify with sinners in the waters of baptism. It's like, do you want to know as a precursor to the cross where he truly stood in the place of those who are guilty in a, on a thieves cross, a murderer's cross. If you truly want to know as an innocent man, how serious that this word is with identifying with the sins of the world, his very first act in ministry was to walk into the waters that were, were meant for sinners who needed to repent as one who needed no repentance. And so sinners walked into the waters of baptism and came out clean, their consciences clean as a, as an act of like, yes, I'm trusting in God. I'm trusting in what he's, what he's done. And as a symbolic act of, of that going into the waters of baptism and coming out clean, not that baptism does that. Like, I think you guys get what we're saying. He's the only one who walked into the waters of baptism clean and came out dirty. He he went in clean to identify and take on the sins of the world. And so if you're ever, if you ever wonder, man, is he serious as the lamb of God about taking away the sins of the world? Yeah, dude. Yeah. He, he was, and, and, and he did. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty crazy when you think about like, okay, so Jesus, the maker of everyone present, including John, the baptizer is going to go climb into the water that he also made and be baptized in front of all these people identifying as them and then showing that it through him is the very sacrifice is the very one yeah who brings the union okay not from us up to god but brings the union from god to us Mm. because we could never get there yep i mean it's i love it because it just sort of like takes all of it and sort of ends with this idea of look no further yeah i feel like we live in a society good where that's a good way to put it we're constantly looking for the next magic bullet we're constantly looking for the next insight the next post the next influencer the next line to write the next book to you know to publish you know whatever the case may be the next leader to follow who's going to bring about the right politics and it's like Mm-hmm. we're in this constant looking for something to make ourselves in the world. Right. And meanwhile, here stands the one who did you're free to stop yeah. all of the damn looking around <laughs> at needless things that will never ever even be worthy to yep. tie a sandal. Yep. You're free to stop looking and start trusting. He's That's right like here. here. And I yep. feel like if there's anything we're ever doing with Lark is we're saying, look, yeah, we're saying, just look, like look. you thought <laughs> you thought like you looked at one point and maybe you thought you had an idea of what this thing is. Nah, come on, man. Look again, look a yeah. little bit harder, dig a little bit deeper. This good news is, yeah. is more, it, it's a lot more good than what you were initially told. Yeah. Your whole life. You've cheered at the end of parables and thought like, yeah, man, I got this. Now I need to get my buddy over the hump so that maybe he'll be worthy to climb into baptismal waters. Yeah. And all the while I'm going, yeah. When Jesus gets done with those stories, the religious people like you and me, yeah, we're plotting his murder. We're not saying what he's saying. We're not seeing what he's laying down. 
look again. It'll be the most frustrating and then the most liberating thing you've ever or will ever encounter. You'll start to realize, oh, that's why Galatians says for freedom, he set you free. Mm. Bingo. Yeah. Last podcast for from his fullness, from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace, grace in place of grace. It doesn't quit this, this podcast. I've come to make straight the way of the Lord. I've come to, I've come to get rid of all the confusion, all the spiritual melee and let you just know, look right here at the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Trust him. This is the son of God. This is it. With that said, cheers, bro. Cheers, my dude. And thanks for listening. Till next time. time.